welcome to Pops and Hisses, a music podcast where we talk to bands you love, talk about concerts, and answer your burning music questions. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and in this episode, we have another installment of Ask the Music Guy, and we're talking about ticket scalping and what exactly is going on with Spotify. So these are all listener-submitted questions, and if you would like to ask your own question, head to popsandhisses.com question and fill out the form. It's really easy, takes just a second, and you could be featured on a future episode of the show. So we're going to get to your questions soon, but first let's take a look at some of the music news that's going on right now. So a lot of people obviously are up in arms about Joe Rogan spreading misinformation on his podcast, and most notable among those are legendary musicians like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, but they're not alone. So a ton of other musicians joined them asking to be removed from Spotify and the streaming giant did so. So it's been a whole thing, and we'll talk about it a little bit later in the podcast, but here's what's the interesting thing. This just came out uh, yesterday, the day before. Despite being off Spotify, Joni Mitchell and Neil Young's streaming numbers are up, according to Rolling Stone, way up. So they left those things, but because of the positivity and positive news they got in the uh, media, people are listening to them more on other platforms. So it's actually been a net positive for them, and I kind of adds a little bit to their argument too. So another thing that's also been happening, some of these are... Uh, Uh, Similar artists are of the similar vintage, so to speak, but a ton of artists are selling their catalogs to publishing companies. So what's interesting, though, is while we think of them mostly as artists, you know, like Neil Young or uh, Bob Dylan or that age, it's been some of those younger artists of a younger generation. Um, Shakira has sold a bunch of hers. Imagine Dragons did. Most recently, Alice in Chains sold their music catalog uh, recording and publishing for reportedly $50 million. So Bob Dylan sold his recordings for two hundred. million. Uh, but he sold his publishing rights for $300 million. So if you don't know, recordings, the actual recordings of the songs, the publishing is the songwriting. Uh, and those are technically separate rights. But uh, yeah, Bob Dylan's, Bob Dylan's got half a billion dollars based on selling his stuff. Uh, Neil Young, Bruce Springsteen, Stevie Nicks have also done the same recently. So these are all legacy artists. Um, and one of the reasons they are called that is because they have these big legacies. Um, Their recorded music is definitely worth that money. They're going to continue to earn for decades. Their music is anyway, um, probably long after they're dead, in fact. So you see these artists, a lot of them, they're getting older. They're cashing out now uh, as they're probably planning their estates and stuff like that. And, you know, they can enjoy the money while they're alive. Uh, If they're smart, they set that money up to keep their families going for generations. And meanwhile, these companies get these huge assets and they'll be able to leverage those assets, you know, put those, put out new recordings, uh, new compilations, do reissues, put their, their songs in movies and ads and all kinds of stuff and reap the benefits from that. So we'll still be hearing from these artists for a long, long time. These companies want to get their money. So we're back with another edition of Ask the Music Guy. On this episode, we've got a couple questions. The first comes from Charlie Blice. Charlie, I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. But Charlie Charlie asked this question on Twitter. And remember, you can submit your own questions to me on Twitter or at popsandhisses.com slash question. And Charlie asked, what's the best way to combat ticket scalping? So that's an awesome question. This is one I hear a lot. Um, You can follow Charlie uh, real quick on Charlie in KC on Twitter. Uh, And like I said, great question. Scalpers drive people nuts, but there's so many avenues to sell tickets now. It's kind of hard to define who's a scalper and who's not. I mean, is this someone for profit? Is it a guy who could make the show and he's just trying to get rid of his tickets? Uh, But, you know, traditionally scalpers 
there were those guys. They were standing outside the venues. They said they had tickets for sale. They usually bought them off a discount from somebody walking in, and now they're trying to sell them to you. Uh, you know, those few extras, and then trying to sell them to you for more money and trying to turn a profit that way. So what actually happened was many cities passed laws banning the sale of tickets that way. Um, you can't sell them for profit within a certain distance of venues or sporting venues, uh, you know, fields, stadiums, whatever. So you still see those guys, but you probably notice they're few and far between. And if they're around, they're usually a few blocks away. Sometimes you see them more at sporting events than anything. And, you know, they're much less common with concerts, but that was pre-internet. So if you were going to try and sell a lot of tickets, do you think it's more effective to stand two blocks away with a couple of Eric Church tickets and try and get someone to buy them or just post them on the internet? Um, buy a few Google ads and you're off to the races, right? That seems a lot easier. And that's exactly what everybody's done. So what's happened is we've def- we define scalpers usually as that guy on the corner with a sign that says buying tickets, but really selling tickets. Um so we don't really call them scalpers anymore. We usually call them resellers or secondary sellers. And there's tons of them. You've probably been on every one of their websites. There's usually big sellers and every city usually has one big ticket reseller. If you've got enough venues and sporting events going on, somebody probably has created a business to do this. Um, and of course there's also those big sites like StubHub and SeatGeek where anybody, anybody at all can go on and log in and sell tickets. Right? So First off, I'm going to break this down in a very simple way. Ticket resellers are almost always ripping you off. They try and sell you that they curate tickets. They have the best stuff. They get you good deals, but that's not how their business model works. Their business model is to buy a bunch of tickets to popular events at face value. They don't get discounts. They might leverage certain discounts that everybody gets, but what they try and do is buy as many tickets as they can at face value and then mark them up and then sell them to you for a profit. That's what they do. That's how they make money. They're not there to help you. (laughs) That's not their their goal. So I have an example. Eric Church is coming to my town this week. Tickets for an upper bowl seat from Ticketmaster to that show are $66 plus fees. So same section. I went and looked at a couple reseller sites. One, uh, the same exact section, uh, similar row, were $95 each. And then on StubHub, StubHub.com, they were 76 each, and they went up from there, by the way. So the 76 were the cheapest. Um, a lot of them were above 120 So you're not getting a deal on StubHub. <laughs> you're actually getting ripped off. Uh, you could buy it for a lot cheaper. And you, know, you're gonna, you might be saying, but the fees, the Ticketmaster fees. Yes, I hear you. And just wait a minute. We're going to talk about that too. Um, but yeah, you just end up paying extra for a ticket you easily buy from Ticketmaster, right? So how do you beat the scalpers? That was Charlie's question. So here, I'm going to say loud and clear, listen to this. Stop buying from them. It's easy. So stop buying from them. Instead, buy from the venue's official ticket seller. So it's going to take like two extra steps, but it's going to save you a bunch of money. And by the way, tell this to your friends, tell this to your grandma, tell this to anybody you know, because a lot of people just try to do the easiest thing and they think that that's how to do it. So a couple extra steps. Don't Google Eric Church tickets. Instead, figure out where it is. Shouldn't be that hard. Go to the venue website. Click on the event. Go to their ticket seller. That's going to be something like Ticketmaster, Frontgate, Ticketfly, eTix, something like that. And then go there. Go to that site. Buy tickets from them. Skip the reseller. 
Um, better yet, and this is where we talk about fees, listen to this, buy directly from the venue. So most venues, even small venues, have a ticket window or some way to buy directly from them in person, right? It almost always eliminates some or all of the fees. Um, if you buy from my local arena, they don't charge you Ticketmaster fees. They charge you an event, um, uh, an arena fee. That's what they do. They put that on every ticket. It's like two or three bucks and it just goes to the arena, which, you know, is their part of their charge to rent the place out to whoever's playing there. But you bypass almost all Ticketmaster fees. Ticketmaster doesn't usually tell you this. Most people won't tell you this, but it's the truth. Go to the venue. You will eliminate a lot of fees. Might want to call them first. Go to their website, see what's the... Some small venues like rock clubs might not have this option, but they also probably have ticket sellers that don't charge a lot of fees. But places that use Ticketmaster almost always, almost always have a ticket window. And you can just go there, buy them, and bypass a ton of fees. Those convenience fees just disappear. So another way to beat the scalpers, sometimes you can buy tickets way below face value on their own sites. Because what happens is they try... They might buy a bunch of tickets to a sold out show and then no one buys them. So they just drop them down to like nothing and you kind of get around them by, you know, logging on 20 minutes before a show, hour before a show and buy super cheap tickets. I once went to a Bob Dylan show for like 20 bucks. I bought the tickets like an hour and a half before. It was awesome. I was totally fine with it and it was a massive loss for the scalper too. Real quick, before we get to the next question, I wanted to talk about this very podcast, Pops and Hisses, and our website, popsandhisses.com. The podcast is coming out weekly, so keep an eye on your favorite podcast service on Tuesdays, which is our planned release day every week, and follow me on Twitter at Omaha Music Guy for updates in case we take a week off or maybe a preview of what we're doing. Uh, and you can also find all of this stuff at popsandhisses.com. And we'd love for you to subscribe to the Pops and Hisses podcast on your favorite podcast app, Spotify, uh, Google, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. They're all there. Please check them out. All right. On to our second question. So what do you think about this Spotify thing? So we've actually mentioned Spotify a ton of times on this podcast already, this episode. And obviously a lot of people are talking about this right now. Sue Gardner posted this question to me on Twitter. You can follow Sue at Sue A. Gardner on Twitter. But yeah, what's going on with Spotify? So some background. If you're not already aware, Joe Rogan, uh, stand-up comedian, former game show host, whatever, hosts easily the most popular podcast in existence. And his format, if you've never heard it, is a four-hour long talk and interview show. His fans like him because he explores a lot of ideas, has a lot of guests on his show, talks about all kinds of different stuff. So his detractors can't stand him because he has ridiculous guests on his show sometimes. And most recently, he's questioned COVID vaccines, admitted he's not vaccinated, pushed false cures, and all kinds of other stuff. He's also paid by Spotify. So a couple of years ago, Joe Rogan got a $100 million deal to put his podcast exclusively on Spotify. So in addition to... You know, the misinformation, there's also the fact he's getting paid all this money. So in response to misinformation on his podcast, innumerable artists and people have called on Spotify to at minimum, like minimum, put a disclaimer on his podcast episodes. If he's talking about COVID and he's talking about vaccines, you might want to put a thing on there that says something about that. And so several artists, as I mentioned earlier in the show, have come out asking for their own music to be removed. So that includes Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, India Ari, David Crosby, Stephen Sills, Graham Nash, and others. There's... Some others, some are big, some are small, but that's the core group. And those requests have actually been granted that those their music has been taken away. So meanwhile, 
multiple instances of Rogan using the N word have also surfaced. Um, wasn't like once or twice. It was quite a few times. Uh, India RE actually put up a video about it that went viral. Um, Rogan gave an apology and actually, uh, he gave an apology and then quite a few episodes of the show were removed. Uh, some of those were those instances and other things he talked about, about 70 episodes were removed from the platform kind of quietly. That wasn't really announced. They just kind of disappeared. So what do I think about this? Well, <laughs> this is so complicated, right? Um, where to start? So I'm going to start actually with Spotify itself. So their reactions have been terrible at best. This is a bad look for them all around. And they're just barely addressing the situation. Their CEO has said a little bit. Um, they've released a statement or two. And mostly, though, they're ignoring press requests and preferring mostly to stay quiet, which seems like the worst thing they could do is to not address this at all. Even if they don't have concrete action to take, perhaps they're discussing this behind closed doors. It's been reported in some media that they are with Joe Rogan's producers and him himself. Um, but to say, you know, we're working on addressing this would probably go a long way, but they've kind of preferred to just ignore it. Um, this is also wrapped up in Spotify bringing in lots of revenue. They make a lot of money. <laughs> they make a lot of money. Now they pay a lot of money out too. Um, and they also are making this $100 million deal with Rogan, despite paying most of the artists on its service, very, very little. And for that matter, most of the podcasts, this one included, uh, get paid nothing doesn't matter how many times you stream a popular podcast, you don't get paid for it. Um, so, you know, tons of people are quitting Spotify. So they're getting rid of their subscriptions. They're going to Apple Music. They're going to Tidal. They're going to do all kinds of stuff. I personally have had Spotify for years. I've used the platform since it was first available in the U.S. I signed up right away. I've had it for forever. Um, I use it for personal listening. I also use it for discovering new music, um, compiling playlists for things I write on pops and hisses, and doing research on artists before they come to town, before I do an interview. You know, I'll go re listen through the back catalog. It's honestly, it's a great service. Um, as the world's most popular streaming service. It's also one of the many places you can listen to this podcast. You're probably listening to Spotify right now on this episode. So should I drop it? Should I get rid of podcast? Morally, honestly, I'd like to. I think some of their practices are not great, um, but it's kind of difficult. I, a big thing for me is transferring playlists. I have literally hundreds of playlists on there. I have them for my kids. Uh, my wife and I share an account. We do all kinds of stuff with it. A lot of playlists that live on my website and live on uh, the website of the paper I used to work for are compiled in there. Like those would disappear. So how do I figure that out? Um, can I embed playlists from other services onto a website? Do I, can I transfer my playlists over? You have to find services to do that. A lot of times you got to pay just for that. So uh, I got to figure some of those things out, but you know, um, I got to make my next move. What service should I move to? Spotify used to be the very, very best. I tried all of them. I've written a lot of stories about them and stuff, comparing the different ones. And Spotify used to be far and away the best experience. Not sure that's true anymore. Um, I think those other services uh, have, have upped their game a little bit. So I kind of got to investigate that myself. I encourage you, if you're wondering the same thing, to kind of look into some options as well um, and at least think about that. But, uh, you know, meanwhile, everyone's coming out of the woodwork to defend Joe Rogan or criticize him. He's being propped up by stand-up comedians and Donald Trump. I mean, okay, because we need to know your opinion about this. A lot of his fans, I mean, he is crazy popular. So his fans are standing in front of him. Um, 
And one of the interesting things to me is his defense, or a common defense for him. This isn't him saying this, this is other people. Is He's a comedian. He's just exploring ideas. He's not a doctor. He's just having different thinkers on his podcast. But here's the thing. He's not a comedian. I mean, he is. He does stand up still, I think. Pretty sure. But, uh, you know, his podcast is not a comedy podcast. He's not there for laughs. He's not trying to entertain you with jokes um, or even explore stand-up comedy. That's not the point of his podcast. I mean, his podcast is ostensibly about a regular guy exploring ideas, but it becomes problematic when you start espousing or letting others share their dangerous propaganda. So he gives people like that a platform. And with such a large platform and an eager audience, he has a responsibility to use that platform wisely. He just has to. He should. I mean, a simple thing he can do is curating his guests for a start. I mean, free thinkers are one thing, but it's important to vet people before you give them an absolutely massive platform. Like, you know, one guy yelling on a street corner is one thing, but hand him a megaphone. That's another hand him a microphone. That's another hand him a TV camera. That's a whole other issue. And that's what he's doing. He's taking these people's voices and he's making them massive. Um, you know, we just expect this of people with large audiences, whether they're comedians or not, you have a responsibility to do these things. Um, Honestly, personally, this is me. I don't think Joe Rogan's a bad guy. I don't think he's out there for evil. I don't think he's doing anything purposefully wrong. Um, I don't even think he necessarily believes in what people are saying on his show. I mean, he often, if you listen to him, a lot of times we hear the sound bites in media. Um, he pitches that idea and then he comes back a minute later and they talk about it and whatever. He says, no, that's not right. I don't really believe that. But he does need to stop with this. I'm just a curious guy thing. Um, you know, be curious. I'm fine with that, but have the smarts enough to question things. Otherwise you're just an eight year old who wants to know how tornadoes work or where birds come from or whatever. I mean, like just asking questions, but, or learning quote unquote, without ever trying to figure out anything more of depth is dangerous when you are, have that big of an audience. Um, and you know, that's him, but you know, largely it's a bigger thing. I think with Spotify itself, they are simply a huge platform for content and they can't just sit back and say, Oh, we're only a platform. We just give this platform and other people put their stuff up here. They may be protected legally with that defense. So is Facebook. So is Instagram. So is everything, but they have a responsibility like those other networks. They have a responsibility to society to like, take a stance. You can't just allow people to peddle conspiracy theories and racism on your site. That's not okay. That's not cool. Um, they're no longer just a platform too. If they're paying podcasters to produce this content, they own Joe Rogan's podcast. They pay him to make it. They have a responsibility as the network paying to create this to monitor that content. They are a content producer. They're not just a platform. They shouldn't and can't hide behind that. Um, you know, I, this is a, just a generally a disaster for Spotify. They're caught in the middle of not paying artists enough while paying a famous podcaster, a truckload of cash. And I mean, that's a big thing too. Like they just should pay artists more. I mean, maybe that means upping their advertising rates. Maybe that means upping their subscription rates. It's pretty cheap. It's a very inexpensive service for as much m music as you can consume on it. It's crazy cheap. Um, you know, they just should figure that out. Uh, so, you know, why do you think every artist in the world is on tour constantly and also trying to get you to buy their reissued vinyl? I mean, it's because the money they make from people actually listening to their music is gone. It's dried up. It has evaporated almost entirely. And Spotify is a big part of that. And they need to step up and figure some stuff out.
Thanks for your questions. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed what we talked about this week. And remember, you can submit your own question to be featured on a future podcast at popsandhisses.com slash question. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and you can follow me on Twitter as at Omaha Music Guy or find my page on Facebook by searching for Kevin Coffey. My last name is spelled C-O-F-F-E-Y. So thank you, thank you, thank you to Herdat Media for producing the show. And I want you to find all of Herdat's podcasts at herdatmedia.com slash network. There's all kinds of wonderful, wonderful stuff out there, and you should definitely check it out. The network is Herdat, H-U-R-R-D-A-T, media.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Hold up, media production.